Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Research and development. Putting in the man hours to study the science of what you need. Last week, we put liquid paper on a bee. And it died. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! Can I tell you something without you getting angry? I love you. Yeah, you big guy. Welcome back into another edition of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Man, week 11 is done. We are on to week 12. For those of you keeping score at home, we are down to the last two regular season weeks before the fantasy playoffs start. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Trade deadlines are here. A lot of them. Some of you got in week 14, so you got a little bit of time, which is perfect for tonight's episode. But without further ado, let me introduce the better half of the show. Adam, how you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, Mike, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, we got Turkey Day tomorrow. We're recording this on Wednesday. This will drop to you on Friday, so uh, hope you guys all had a happy Thanksgiving. Dynasty Degenerates, as always, we are back for (laughs) another special. This time uh, we'll be watching some football, having some food. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your holiday and also winning some fantasy leagues or losing if you're trying to rebuild and you're picked the other direction. But I'm doing well, Mike. Let's, uh, Let's bring him into another really good one. Well, that's good. First off and foremost, if you are not subscribed to the newsletter, what are you doing with yourself? The easiest way to stay up to date with everything Destination Devi is doing with all the dope content creators from Ray and Jay Rich all the way down. We got it all. Sign up for the newsletter. And plus, there's a lot of content in there that you won't hear on a podcast, on a YouTube show, nothing. It is absolutely free. The link is down in the description. But man, I echo your sentiments, Adam. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving when you listen to this and enjoying your Black Friday. Hopefully, uh, when you're listening to this, the Iowa Hawkeyes are clinching their spot in the Big Ten Championship game. Let's go. Okay. Beating the shit out of Nebraska. Well, <laughs> Chase, if you're listening to this, and I hope you are, um, I'm actually going to be pulling for the Iowa Hawkeyes here. So I just you know can't can't root for Nebraska. So you just want to pull for them because you know it's going to be an easy win in the Big Ten Championship game when they play Ohio State. Well, I want to play Mike, and then yeah, I want to play Mike. Yeah, let's That's go. <laughs> let's go, Adam. Tonight 
we're going to find some hidden gems in best ball leagues. I we are absolutely going to love find this. The last couple pieces you're going to need to make a deal right now if your trade deadline has not passed to set yourself up for success in the fantasy playoffs. Ooh, baby. So, if you have paid attention to the show long enough, a while back, we did a Spike Week Consistency Week show where I made a nice spreadsheet. We went through the whole thing, and it was all for 2021. Adam, I have the data now through week 11. The spreadsheet is updated with everybody on it. So let's just start right off the top, buddy. Let's do it from the beginning. Let's look at the quarterback position. First thing when I look at this, Adam, Joe Burrow. Man, I I, I might owe this man an apology. (laughs) If if, if you go back and listen to the other one, I think we talk shit about Joe Burrow. Uh, He's overrated. Joe Cool, man. (laughs) Joe Cool's out here balling. On the uh, the Spike Week's consistency spreadsheet, man, he sets up, he's QB4 overall with the number of Spike Weeks and the number of consistent weeks. So he's got four Spike Weeks on the year. Yep. Pretty good. Uh, but eight consistent weeks. Um, the only two weeks he wouldn't have made your lineup, obviously, the bye week. But week 20, or uh, week eight, he was 20th. And week two, he was 18. So other than that, man, Joe Cool has been Mr. Consistent for you. So I'm sorry, Joe Burrow. I'm sorry I doubted you. I'm sorry I talked shit about you. Hopefully, well, I guess it would be kind of cool. It would be a hell of a boost. If we were the people who, who made you play this way this year, uh, give us a shout-out on Twitter. <laughs> really help us along. Yep. Love it, man. I'll hey, take all the hate mail. Listen, that's what that's what 40 Chess is here for. You know, We're trying to help you find the hidden gems, and I think we got spreadsheets to let you know what it is. The first guy that I want to talk about, I mean, we've talked about him, and he should be on your radar already, but at the quarterback position, man, Justin Fields. Oh, gosh, uh, yes. 23, 28, 32, 25. We all know how bad the first four weeks were. But Adam, since then, he has not missed your lineup in best ball. And included in that is a QB5, QB5, QB1, QB1 finish yeah <laughs> for those weeks yep. he's a top five option at the position holy shit mr justin fields if you can still acquire him you need to be doing it <laughs> you yeah, need I mean, to be doing it now i think he so let me say this i think he's someone you need to try to acquire if you can uh it's going to be a lot more difficult today um you, you do have the potential injury scare him running a lot maybe someone is more worrisome about that I would say this. I think it's getting to the point now with him, Mike, though. You, you kind of have to – he's almost a down-tier guy. Like, most people probably aren't going to let you come up and get Justin Fields no. for anything cheap. Like, you're going to have to be more risky in acquiring him and getting a down-tier, getting a plus on Justin Fields from a more secure quarterback, I think. I, I think that's probably the play. Um, I don't know if anybody's going to let you buy him outright anymore. <laughs> anymore. This is it feels like those days are over. I mean, hey, if it's if it's the way in your league, go get him. But I'm with you, Mike. It seems like that's few and far between these days. But, I mean, if we think about it, man, four weeks of doing almost nothing and being a detriment and being dead to now he's QB5 in total when we average this out. So if you don't know exactly what we're doing, I rank everybody – um, by the number of consistent weeks. So for quarterbacks and running backs, to be a consistent week means being above average. Um, you're an above average starter in best ball. So for quarterbacks, uh, you need to be, what did I have this at, top 16? 
because you start two quarterbacks in Superflex, top 16. So yep. there's 24 total. You need to be top 16. Same for running backs. Wide receivers, it's actually top 24 because you usually start three wide receivers in every single league. This isn't including flexes. I'm just talking base spots. And then uh, tight ends. Since uh, most leagues are just single tight end, there's not a whole lot of two tight end leagues out there. But for single tight end leagues, to be above average at the position, you need to be top eight or better. Now, spike weeks, tight ends, the only outlier, top three or better. <laughs> Those are the only ones we really give a shit about spiking. And then for everybody else, top five at the position. But for Justin Fields, what we do also is we take the number of spike weeks and those get weighted a little bit more heavier because, as you know, in best ball leagues or lineup leagues, doesn't matter. When a guy is top five at the position, there's a good likelihood that he can almost single handedly carry your team for that week and win you the week just based on his score. So, top five, we we rate, rate spike weeks a little bit higher. Um, above average weeks are just uh, rated regularly. And then it's combined into a score. And that score combined with the weighted spike weeks and consistent weeks for Justin Fields puts him at QB5 on the year, Adam. QB5. And that's with taking four weeks off doing nothing. <laughs> it's fucking wild. That is absolutely insane to me. Yeah, I mean, you're talking, if he made your lineup the first four weeks, that just means you didn't have a quarterback that mattered. Because week one, he was 23. So he's, you know... Just yeah. a, just barely a quarterback too. The other the other weeks he's not even a quarterback too, right? Um, he's taken the league by storm since then, especially on the ground. He, he's improved as a passer, um, so it's not like he's just running. I want to make sure that's clear. But it, Mike, you, you know, since week five, you got twelve, nine, five, five, one, one, seven. I mean, I don't know what right? I don't know what you want, but that's <laughs> that is it. Um, J- Justin Fields, I think, is a guy that you you. Me and you have been very high on him for a while, but I know there's uncertainty for people in the long term, right? What do the Bears look like? How yes. how sustainable is this guy running the ball for 10, 15, 18, 20 carries some of these games, right? Uh, taking the hits he did. He took, he's got an injury after last week. I get all of the concerns on the long-term stuff with him, but Mike, my, my, here's the thing. There's still a scenario in long-term where he's good and he's talented and he's a guy they drafted in the first round and, and can make it. But even if you forgo that, even if you're worried about that, what he's doing, we're talking about right now on the smash side of this, one quarterback, super, whatever you're, that's league winning stuff, regardless of yes. what league you play in. 100%, man. Let's talk about some guys that are more easily attainable, like some hidden gems at the quarterback position. The first name, man, Geno Smith. We just talked about Justin Fields. Guess who's right behind him? Geno Smith, of all people, Geno Smith, man. <laughs> he he comes at a QB6 total in the best ball combined score. That is that is crazy. That yeah. is crazy. Is it not, Adam, that he's oh, QB6? It is absolutely crazy, man. I mean, what? S- still easily acquirable. Still. I mean, unless he's on somebody's already contending best ball team, then they're just like, nah, man. <laughs> well, well, you can't have him. I don't want to, you know, give away too much of talking down the list here, but but I think here's the crazy part, right? There, there's he's one of these weird conundrum ones where it's okay, we we've never seen it before with Gino, right? He's a, I don't know, eighth year breakout, whatever it is, right? Like, yeah, it did ne- that never happens. So 
this is a team you didn't expect to be good that actually is leading the division at the moment. I mean, they're right there in the mix. They could win the division. He's playing well. It's like, what do you do with him, right? Because you can't pencil him in as this long-term starter. But mm-hmm. he's also playing well enough that who's to say he couldn't? And, and where do you really value him in trades? Because it's for people, they feel like he could be gone tomorrow. As he turns back into a pumpkin. But the reality is, Mike, I mean, l- look at his weeks. I mean, you've got – he's actually – this is probably the the field being that bad this year. But Geno Smith has been the number one scoring quarterback on a week. Right. I mean, that's insane. If you would have told somebody that in the offseason, everything we – all the, the bad takes we had, Mike, the hot, the hot takes we had, would have been nothing compared to you telling Geno Smith would lead the NFL in scoring in fantasy one week. Not to mention he's been top five for three weeks. I mean – He's very consistent. Uh, I, I think on a contender, he, he, here's the reality, right? In your league, this is what you got to think about with him. On a, if he's on a contending team, like it, you're, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna get him away from Geno Smith's not coming off a contender. But if someone stills out there with a rebuilding team that has Geno Smith and hasn't been able to move him for what they want, go see what it is. I mean, he he's someone that can absolutely be a plug and play super flex quarterback for you that helps you win a title at the way he's playing. He's definitely uh, fallen into that category, too, where I don't know what his future holds, but just doing the math on the 23 class and where we're at, like there's a good possibility he still has a job next year in Seattle or at Edbury or somewhere else. There's just not enough quarterbacks coming into the league to make a difference on all the teams that need to fill quarterback spots. So two more guys that I wanted to highlight before we move on to the running backs, Adam. Marcus Mariota who I shit talk all the time, and Daniel Jones. But from a fantasy perspective, both of these guys have actually been very good. Marcus Mariota came in at QB 11, and Daniel Jones at QB 13. So both of these guys, I think, even more easily acquirable than Geno Smith. Now, not giving you the exact same production, but they're giving you top part of a Superflex League production at quarterback. Right. And the cost isn't that much. So if you're looking just to fill out your best ball roster – and you could use another quarterback or two. You're not rocking a couple of these studs. Some of these guys at the top, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. Justin Fields, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. Go out and see if you can add a little bit of depth because you might be surprised during the fantasy playoffs. They might actually enter your lineup a couple times. Like they have shown it all year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I'm not going to bank my entire future on them, but these guys are sneaky buys right here, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let me let me ask you this, and, and this is Dynasty Degenerates. I'm I'm kind of talking out loud here. Like it, the, the reality I think with these guys is you're talking about a quarterback landscape that's just bad. So that that's across everybody. Everybody in your league is dealing with the same shit. There, there's all these quarterbacks that you go down this list, Mike. We could read some names that mm-hmm. are good or we thought were good that are way down this list. We got a guy, I mean, I, I don't think anyone was really banking on Zach Wilson for being a contending no. piece, but people probably have him as quarterback two, quarterback three, and may not have a backup plan, and guess what? He got benched. Not to mention, yes. even if even if he didn't get benched, he was doing fucking nothing for you. I mean, he, he's at the bottom of the list here. Um, all that said, you know, with the quarterback landscape the way it is, I, I think what we're talking about here is hidden gems, but also getting crusty and realizing – that the sexy names don't don't necessarily win you. They're not going to win your league this year necessarily. I mean, there's there's names down here. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady's not doing much. 
Um, Matthew Stapp, Matthew Pafford, right? I mean, this guy's doing nothing. There's there's names that aren't doing much for you. So you got to get into these names, which may not sound sexy for you. You probably were ready to write them off as even starters, but you got to do it. I mean, a lot of guys QB2, QB3 in the uh, the offseason, right? Justin Herbert, who we all love. QB18 on the year. That's, he's, that's he's, he's Jimmy G on the sheet. Exactly. <laughs> They're adjacent in the spots, man. One other guy, too. Uh, I can't forget Matty Ice. And this is a guy who got benched for a couple weeks. <laughs> we were, we were told he was never going to play the rest of the year. And then all of a sudden, right. they get rid of Wright. Jeff Saturday's there. And, oh, he's playing. If I were to tell you, Adam, before you pulled this list up and saw it, that he would have scored higher than Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, uh, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, <laughs> you would have told me I'm insane. Asinine. Absolutely insane. But here we are, you man. Can buy, you can buy Matt Ryan. Right, QB oh, fourteen in these. You, you can, can go out and get Matt you Ryan. some Matty. Absolutely buy Matt Ryan. Yes, huge man. All right, let's go to the running backs, man. Something a little bit better, maybe a little bit less depressing. We don't have too much to talk about the running back position just because uh, most of them are injured. <laughs> this is what happens with running backs. We've been over it, but the first guy I wanted to highlight. How about the fucking Rhino, Ramondre Stevenson? Coming in at RB5 on this best ball sheet, Adam. The Rhino, with all these catches for a giant running back who's huge, an absolute tank, who just seems to catch all these passes in New England. Pretty incredible for Ramondre Stevenson. I'm in, man. Oh, I want some Ramondre. I'm in. Um, just put out a piece of content saying he, he's somebody you should be looking at at the running back position. Don't try to go pay up for a running back. You can... Look at guys like Ramondre Stevenson, who right now, Mike, um, he, he when you look at this chart, it's crazy because, you know, when you talk about the consistent weeks, right? So the consistent weeks they made your lineup, which, Mike, if you want to uh, let everybody know what that is on the sheet, right? It's top 24. Uh, for the running back position, you need to be top, uh, top 18. Top 18. Top 18. Okay. Yep. So if you're a top 18 um, running back, you are – having a consistent week so yes that that's what that means and here's the thing mike there is only like to under to try to give you guys dynasty degenerates actually ways to really wrap your mind around how good he's been now obviously this, this these charts are really like really useful for best ball but it's still very important for lineup too if you're if you're pressing the button on ronda or stevenson it's the same results um for him, though, there's only one running back out there that has had more consistent weeks than Ramondre Stevenson, and the, and the guy's name Saquon Barkley. <laughs> That's pretty good company, right? <laughs> pretty I, good company. I mean, and Saquon, for whatever reason, happened to not only miss your lineup, but miss your lineup badly, um, having a horrible week versus Houston last week. But by and large, he's been awesome this year, right? He's as consistent as it comes. Ramondre's in the next tier of consistent guys. Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, and who? The Ramondre. Rhino. The Rhino. Ramondre Stevens. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I still think he's he's easily acquired because you had idiots like us talking down about Ramondre. Like, I'm not buying into this. I'm not drafting him in startups. I don't believe this in the early season. Wait till Damian Harris comes back and then see what it is. All that shit didn't matter, man. No. All and, it didn't matter. And, and here's the other thing, Mike. Then so So our spike weeks, right? Spike weeks and consistency weeks, consistency weeks are what what is being measured on the sheet, which is how you get your combined score. To be yes. a spike week, you have to be top five at the running back position. Now, yeah. here, here's the thing, right? 
he, he's still pretty high on this list with two. He's been uh, week six and week seven. He was the number two and the number five back. But he, here's the thing I think you really need to think about with him for the cost, right, from what we've seen. Now, these don't technically count as spike weeks, but based on the running back landscape, they're probably winning you weeks where he is inside the top ten, right? So it's not a spike week, but he has three other weeks where he's been inside the top ten, Mike. So, like, this guy's keeping a very good pace with the elite studs out there. And the way that he's being utilized and, and, and the fact that I've seen now basically, Mike, since week three, him getting enough work and consistent work with Bill Belichick, that's the main thing with any New England running back that I get fearful of is what kind of fucker are we going to get week in and week out with Hoodie, right? Yeah. He, he, he's earned from Bill Belichick the passing work and he's out there all the time he's not getting pulled much so I feel really good about it man I feel really good about Ramondre Stevenson now when I say do I feel really good about it I'm not gonna get crazy pay up for Ramondre Stevenson but I am very interested in acquiring him if I can all right so it's not all sunshines and rainbows here man a lot of people and uh by a lot of people I mean me (laughs) I'm a lot of people I may be the guy love Travis Etienne Absolutely enthralled with Travis Etienne. Adam, if I told you he's in the same tier as James Conner, Cordero Patterson, and Kenyon Drake, what do you think about that? <laughs> he has the exact same fucking score as those guys. And, and some of them missed multiple weeks and, and didn't even play football. And Travis Etienne is this far down. The dynasty value... His asking price is not matching up with what the actual production he's giving you in best ball leagues is. Adam, I think he's a massive sell if I still have a trade deadline open and I have him on a contending team. Yeah, I would say this. Um, th- this actually – so I, I hadn't looked at this sheet. You just updated it, I think, recently. But um, A few hours ago, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hadn't seen this, but, Mike, this was part of, part of my – when we talk a lot of times and when we're, when we're doing shows and content and stuff that, you know, when we talk Travis Etienne and Kenneth Walker, see, see the difference for me is Travis Etienne is is extremely polarizing. He can do it all. He can, he can catch, he he has had great games, right? Since earning the backfield, you know, week seven, week eight, week nine, he goes eight, six, three, right? So that's eighth, sixth, and three at the running back position Mm -hmm. those weeks. So you start, you're seeing it at times, but Mike, I mean, then you got a 26 the following week. The week before that, you got 18. All those five weeks before that with James Robinson kind of in the fold, he's not doing anything. This is why, for me, with Kenneth Walker, it's so different, Mike. I mean, you're looking at since he's taken over the backfield week six, you got eight, three, 25, two, 19. Mike, that 19, the one thing everyone said with Kenneth Walker is this guy can't catch passes or he's not going to catch passes. So that 19, it doesn't sound that sexy, but that's because – they were getting abused. He he got to 19 because he actually caught some passes. So mm-hmm. for me, that's the big difference with Kenneth Walker and Travis Etienne, who were probably similarly valued by a lot of people. Um, Travis Etienne's definitely a top five running back, I think, by most people's standards and dynasty. I know the landscape's bad, so trading out of a top five running back and getting that haul you maybe once thought you could get for running back doesn't necessarily exist. But I'm with Mike here. As we start talking more gems, the the way to get creative about it is you trade away ETN, who's got a lot more value than a Ramondre, right? And you're getting a plus back. You, you're you're talking about trading away for a different type of running back that's 
you're down tearing at the running back position and picking up another piece or two or pick whatever it is, especially in best ball, even in lineup, I'm for it. But in best ball, especially, man, you just compile those assets and you, and you kind of have you're looking through a crystal ball at what the, the future probably holds outside of injuries here. See, the play I like to make, and we've had episodes about this before, but if I had to identify that Travis Etienne's a sell and he's overvalued and he's not actually going to help me win my my best ball dynasty league, uh, what I'm going for this year, I will trade him away for multiple pieces. And, and these are easy deals I can get done. Now, you know, I tried to go for Ramondre. We just talked glowingly about him. But you got Tony Pollard on the list. You got Aaron Jones on the list. Josh Jacobs, who people always hate. Jamal Williams is up here. Antonio Gibson is up here as well. Like, these are the kind of pieces where I'm like, let me trade away Travis Etienne and try to get two of these guys. Let me try to get two of Absolutely. these pieces. Absolutely. And, and, and even if you can't get two, like, let me get one of them at the running back. They're already going to give me better basketball production than Travis Etienne. And then let me go to another position. Let me try to get a wide receiver. Let me get uh, Geno Smith. Let me get Matty Ice. You know, let me get a quarterback spot, too. Let me fill something like that as well. Those are deals that you can get done. And you put them on the trade show, and I'll, I'll look at them, and I'll go, holy shit, man. That's crazy. Can't believe you're doing it. But you actually look at the data and the numbers. It makes sense, and it's actually beneficial to your team. This is why I wanted to do this episode, this final push here, because there's ridiculous values that you can get, and there's a few guys on here that are extremely overvalued that the Dynasty community is not aware of. In best ball, you can exploit this. Uh, You can exploit it. A thousand percent. So so to give you an idea, Devin Singletary has done more for you in best ball than has Travis Etienne. Um, Yeah. In that same tier, which is just one more consistent game, a very similar um, back that I think we need to talk about as a sell, and I've kind of been this way for a while, but he's been looking good at times, so I think people have moved away from him being a surefire sell, and that's Damian Pierce. Yes. And uh, Damian Pierce for me is the same thing because a lot of people are valuing him as a top 10 dynasty running back. A lot of that's because the landscape's so bad, but um, Damian Pierce, Mike, Here's the thing about Damian Pierce. Like he's getting a lot of the work. He he actually does look good. Um, I I, have, I I like watching him play. But when you're seeing his production, right? He's giving you one spike week. Uh, he has given you four consistency weeks. So, like it, it's not horrible. But where he's valued, Mike, you you can do so much more than what Damian Pierce has given you. And here's the thing about I think that Damian Pierce. What's very weird is. It's a day three pick. Now, he did get the backfield. He's looked great. He could keep it. But it's a day three pick on an offense that isn't good, on a team that's going to probably completely rebuild everything that they have right now. But he's getting a bump in dynasty value because of youth. I, I don't yep. want to pay for that. I, I'm not paying for that youth. Forget that. I I need production out of Damian Pierce. His youth, I don't think, actually should carry that much weight. Not saying that he still can't take the backfield, but it's not like they have supreme draft capital invested in him. It's not like they're not going to go a million different directions with this team. Huge. Absolutely huge, man. I'm with you. Damian Pierce would be a sell for me. I will capitalize. Uh, Looks like we were right all along. And there was a time there I started to get in on Damian Pierce. You know what I mean? Like I really started to feel it. Well, looking at this, I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. I think (laughs) think you're right. For me, it was the same thing. Um, after week five, when they were going into their week six bye, he had he was running back nine, running back five, running back 11 those three weeks going into the bye. It was exciting. But you're starting to see how bad that offense is and how much work yeah. they need. And it's just I, – I don't think that volume plays even all that great, truthfully. No. 
No, no. I'm good, man. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers. Something a little bit more sexy. I like it. Let's do it, man. The first one I want to talk about, and you did a fabulous, a fabulous video on this, man. Christian Kirk. Is he... I'm tired of talking about Kirk Cousins as Captain Kirk, man. Christian Kirk is Captain Kirk, man. He's the captain now. Look at me. Look at me. Will the real Kirk please stand up? (laughs) Christian Kirk. He's the guy. He is the guy, man. Um, He's... Listen, he he's been under like under the radar for people for a while. Even as he's been producing this year, slept on. There was those three weeks, Mike. So he started off the season as a wide receiver too. The first three weeks, right? And then week four, week five, week six, uh, when when Lawrence really started to regress and that offense started to regress, he had three weeks where where he's not doing anything for you and it's getting scary. Mm-hmm. Then he came back, had a you know almost a wide receiver one, a middling wide receiver two week fifteen, had another scary week. But then the last two weeks, Mike, you're seeing this guy post spike weeks. Now, to understand how important that is and how hard that is, because the wide receiver position is so deep, we talk about this a lot on Forty Chess. The wide receiver position runs as deep as it gets, and you could go down. And this is the crazy part, Mike. You have all the way down to <laughs> Nick Westbrook and Keene. Adam Thielen, Russell Gage, Mac- these guys have spike weeks, right? So, like, yes. to understand how crazy it is and how hard it is to have a spike week, Christian Kirk having two spike weeks back-to-back puts him in the top five of wide receivers for spike weeks. So, while a lot of people probably have Christian Kirk as this, like, yeah, he's good, he's getting volume because he's the number one there and the offense doesn't have enough weapons, acknowledge what's happening. There's only a handful of receivers that have even given you more spike weeks let alone that he's been consistent as they come. I mean, criminally undervalued for me, man. Uh, it's I don't know. You let me know what you're thinking, but Dynasty Degenerates, I don't know who has Kirk in your leagues. If it's on a contender, you probably can't pluck him, but that's a guy I'm exploring a lot. The way I like to look at these sheets, man, and this is the, the dumbass in me, and like how I like to keep things simple and stupid and color-coded. You know me, man. I like to keep it really for the common guy. When I make this kind of stuff, I don't like to make it too complicated. But when I look at them, I sort by the combined score because I already have the weights in to take account for it. I do have the actual where they are in total fantasy points on the far left column. So they're overall. I don't even really pay attention to that. But when I search by combined score, I just start going down the names, man. The ones that pop off. Okay, Tyreek Hill should definitely be up there, right? Number one wide receiver. Cooper Cup. Okay. Justin Jefferson. Yep. Devontae Adams. Okay. Stephon Diggs. Like, these are all guys I know that should be up here. These guys are really good at football, really good wide receivers. It's when I start to get to the names, and I'm going down, and I'm like, I'm expecting something else, and I go, hmm, Christian Kirk. I didn't think he belonged on this list. Like, that wasn't... I'm like 15 spots away from before I would actually name Christian Kirk if I didn't actually see it. So when I see it, it stands out like a sore thumb and I'm going, for sure. You're telling me he's given me wide receiver six type production in best ball. And he doesn't cost wide receiver six prices. Not even close. He's barely a top 20 ish guy and keep trade cut. That's wild, man. That is absolutely wild. Like the guys who come after him, T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, A.J. Brown, we know they're good at football, and they're valued that way. Christian Kirk is not valued that way, and that's why he makes the list. <laughs> that's how I look it up, and I go, man, 
I think we should go out and buy a lot of Christian Kirk. Like, I should go see what somebody wants for him right now. So I bet I can get a hell of a deal. And Christian Kirk might be an integral piece in this playoff push for me winning a championship. Like, if I'm going to get wide receiver six production in the playoffs, and I got to go out and spend a first, my late first for him, and maybe a throw-in in a best ball league, holy shit, Adam. I'm making out like a bandit here. Well, <laughs> Absolute steal. Listen, and so you know this isn't just cap or, or you know me coming on here and telling you this when I have a spreadsheet in front of me telling you, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Uh, if you if you haven't been plugged in the newsletter, I'm going to give a nice little newsletter plug right now. Um, we've been telling you every week, whether it's on here, start, start shit, wherever it is, go, go subscribe to the newsletter. Free 99, good information. I'm sure there's been some stuff in there that hasn't been that great that I've given you. However... I'm going to go plug a week, Mike. This is going into week five. So after week four, um, my article on Beyond the Mic was uh, basically not staying attached to a player and was pretty much about how down-tearing, using Barry's warp data, right? You can you can use that warp data in down-tiers yeah. combined with keep trade cut or whatever your, your league mates are using to value players. And talking about de-risking, Mike. So I, I happen to use the example of A.J. Brown and Christian Kirk. At the time, their warp was very similar. And if you look at this sheet, Mike, what's crazy is people probably were like, oh, that's a stupid article that he wrote because there was three weeks there where A.J. Brown was smashing and Christian Kirk gave you nothing. <clears throat> but now when you look at this sheet, Mike, I think you already alluded to it. Like Christian Kirk has given two spike weeks. A.J. Brown won. The great the, the A.J. Brown had that amazing game. Like he probably won you a week, but he's only done top five that, that week. Christian Kirk's mm-hmm. actually been a top five wide receiver twice. They have the same amount of consistency weeks. So Christian Kirk's beating A.J. Brown in the best ball table. He's given you very similar warp. He and, and you were able to get a you were able to tear down. So that's the thing. You can go from A.J. Brown, you probably still could now, but you definitely could back then for a generic first. And with that first and liquidity, if you listen to the past episodes we've talked about, how big of a deal is that now? Because you have A.J. Brown, right? We saw him come out gimpy out of that step. Right? Like, I love AJ Brown, the talent. Don't get me wrong. But if I can get Christian Kirk to give me similar warp, similar spike and consistency weeks, and I also have the first, now even if somehow Christian Kirk gets hurt, I can go get a receiver somebody else. With AJ Brown, if he makes a wrong step and, and, and misses time like we've seen before, you've got nothing. You've got, you've got to sell light on a very supreme player. You don't have to. You can get a first and get the exact same production. And I wrote that in the article uh, week four, so um, it is a little pat on the back. But really, it's more so to, to tell you that <laughs> go get the newsletter subscription. If you are listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed to the newsletter, I'm promising you, I'm not the only one writing good stuff in there. Everybody on this team writes great stuff in the newsletter. Go subscribe, man. Here's here's the ultimate, right? Here's the here's the four D chess way. You get you get Christian Kirk in the first for your AJ Brown. And then you take that first and you go buy Ramondre Stevenson at the running back spot. Ta-da. Boom. Now you got two top six options at running back and wide receiver heading into the playoffs. And nobody's the wiser until you're hoisting that belt. You're taking their money and you're posting all the memes in chat about how you're the greatest dynasty best ball player that's ever lived. When Congratulations. Your league, when your league mates are playing chess, <laughs> play 40 chess. Let's go. All right. One guy I wanted to cover on here, but we've talked about him way too much. If Everybody seems to be talking about it. It's Amari Cooper. Um, he's high on the list. He's wide receiver 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think we've talked almost at nauseum. If if you haven't gone out and tried to buy Amari Cooper at this point, you kind of been asleep. Um, if your league's still sleeping, definitely do it. But I didn't want to dive into him because there's a guy in the same tier tied with Amari Cooper, comes in at wide receiver eleven. And people don't really like this guy, and that is one Tyler Lockett. Well, and it's I'm I'm fully with you. I think this has been a sneaky buy, especially in best ball. Uh, even in lineup, I mean, you're seeing what the results are. But in, in lineup, people are probably still fearful. But here, here's the problem. The reality of this is what we talked about in the quarterbacks is the exact same thing here, right? Everybody that was off of Tyler Lockett was he doesn't have a quarterback that can get him the ball. You didn't believe in Geno Smith. So you it, it was a double whammy. You not believing in Geno Smith makes you not believe in Tyler Lockett. Now they're both hitting, right? And, and the crazy part is – you could get here's another great part in best ball, Mike. You can get that stack criminally cheap, criminally bro, cheap, bro. Do you think a single first gets you that stack? I think I think by a non savvy best ball player, a single first easily gets you that stack. You might even get them to throw in some dog shit yeah. third player for that first. You know. All right, let's go. Go could, do could, that. Could could you get them to throw in? Um, I don't know, Greg Dortch, who actually just had a good little week. Like, why not? Throw, throw in some other random piece, some turd. Why not? Pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let me go get a Greg Dorch. Let me go get a uh, Paris Campbell. Uh, and who else is down here? Always. Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins was free everywhere. I mean. Like, like I looked out of this list, too. Like, I saw Nick Westbrook, Akita. We saw that week a couple weeks ago, top five wide receiver on the week. That's not really the kind of guy, like, you know, I'll roster him, but that's not a guy I'm actively going. Like, when I get down this far and watch, you don't want to buy him. No. I want to buy the guys who are consistent, right? Like, the guys who have the consistent weeks. So, Greg Dortch is a perfect one uh, that you had mentioned. But another one down here, like Marquez Valdez Scantling. Great. Whatever people think about him. Um, Let me go try to get that kind of guy. Um, If we go down to the guys who only have two, DeAndre Carter. Like something like that. Those I, are the kind of like toss ins that I'm I had him get. sitting around on a bunch of teams just because you get to that roster thirty nine guys. It's like all right, let me. I'll take DeAndre Carter. You switch the guys. Teams, I'll take him. The guys that I really don't want to get. Um, it, it hurts me to say this, man, because I've been a fan for a while. But like Zay Jones. Can, uh, can we talk though about a couple people on here? I'm sorry. Go ahead. You, you finish what you're gonna say. No, I just mean when you're looking for that throw-in player, when I look at this list, that's what I'm looking at is is how high are you on this list if you're a crappy name? Like mm-hmm. you're not the sexiest wide receiver name in basketball, and why are you on the list? Are you on the list because you had one week where you went off and then you haven't done fuck all for the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. Or are you on this list just because you, you're not necessarily going to spike because it's hard to do at the wide receiver position, but are you consistent? Are you Do you have multiple – above average weeks like is there a possibility you're going to enter my lineup multiple times instead of just one on a whim so well when when you're talking about the throw-in kind of wide receiver guy in that theoretical stack trade that we're going to go make for uh for geno smith tyler lockett and uh, get a toss in that would be the kind of throw-in that i'd want a thousand percent now now, when we get down to this list because uh it's always fun to talk about the um, what what does Ray call it? The uh, the the dog shit best ball darts, I think is what it is, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, yep. so like the dog shit best ball darts are always fun to talk about, but I think what is this is where like I think uh, there's a disconnect sometimes with 
the way we talk about wide receivers in the best ball landscape versus how they're viewed in the lineup landscape. Because yes. um, now listen, we, we've clearly admitted that we were too bullish on running back and that it's shown that it's very fragile this year, especially with the crop of guys in there. Um, and you can get replacement level points. We've, we've kind of admitted that. But I think the thing to think about with wide receiver here is this. like You're, you're looking at a lot of the guys you draft in the first three, four rounds that are killing it. Uh, with the combined, you know, whether it's average weeks or spike weeks. But here's what happens is there, there's a lot of these wide receivers that have a lot of the name value that are, are absolutely replaceable by literally Mike, by Greg Dortch or Curtis Samuel or Darius right. Slayton. And, and this is what's interesting, Mike. When you, when Dynasty Genesis, when you hear the names, like really take pause and think about this for a second, okay? So obviously, like we know DJ Moore has been dog shit with no quarterback. But he's actually not the worst of the guys you might think on this list. I mean, you go down, Mike, Chris Godwin, the guy we dunked on. Like, mm-hmm. think about this even from the lineup lens, too. Chris Godwin has been a consistent week twice. So he's given you a wide receiver 20 and a wide receiver 13. Right? That's it. <laughs> Mike, he's he's been, you know, in the in the upper 20s a handful of times. But But here's the thing, right? That doesn't help you win in best ball. And I'll be honest with you, that doesn't help you win in lineup either. Like not really. I mean, you you do have like those random guys during that week that nobody in your league started that you're not playing against that you could take those out in a lineup well, league. Sure. Differences in a best ball league, somebody played them because the computer automatically does it for you, right? You a know thousand, what I mean? So a thousand if you look at if you look at wide receiver twenty eight, it may actually be like wide receiver twenty three in the lineup league. Like there might be five turd wide receivers that aren't even rostered. No, that 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 factored into that. Understood, but my my point is not necessarily that. I I I'm fully with you. By the way, I get oh, it. Like there's okay, there's there's a bunch of turds that can go into your lineup in best ball. That's not going to be the nobody starting Noah Brown, Josh Reynolds, unless it's on yeah. our start shit show when they ask us questions and they're like, yeah, you got to start you know Josh Reynolds or something. No one's starting those guys, Demir Bird. But here's the thing: even in lineup, you're pressing the button on Chris Godwin every single week. Those are to not a, to those, a detriment. Those yeah, are those are detriment. very replaceable points. Like they're, you there can you find that other places. Um, you got plenty of receivers on here, Mike. That I think their names are valuable, but why? Like for example, Drake London. We we know what's happened with Drake London, but even Drake London, who we thought started really well, did he? I mean, he had a week. He had a top twelve week in week two, and that's it. That's it, man. <laughs> Like Drake London, I love the upside of him and his talent, but Mariota's actually winning them games. We don't know what the the situation is going to be next year. If you're a contender and you're holding Drake London, you need to ask yourself why. He's still valued as a top 15 receiver. You you have a chance to probably get out of him at a very, very nice return back. And I love him, but are you holding him in a contender? Like you got to think long and hard about that, man. <laughs> Drake London's producing in best ball the same way that LaVisca Chenault's producing in best ball. Well, Mike, let me, let me ask you this real talk, because this is the best ball disconnect, right? We had that trade, um, with Rojo fish, right? Yes. So it was, uh, two first, two seconds and Darnell Mooney, correct? Yes. There are 23, 24, 23, 24. Five maybe the second was, and then the uh, Darnell Mooney. But l- let me say this: on that trade show, there was a lot of pushback, like, "Oh, it's Darnell Mooney stinks." All this, and you know, those picks you can recoup later. Okay, what if we told you that the name was Drake London instead of Darnell Mooney? Mm-hmm. How much different does that trade look, and how much more pushback does that other side get now? 
Because they're the same thing in best ball. They're the exact same thing. They both yeah. have had a wide receiver 12 week. That's, That's it. it. That's it. Like, I, I don't want to, you know, I, this isn't a wide receiver hating thing. You know, I'm just telling you that when you look at it from the best ball side of things, because this position runs so deep and because you can roster all of wide receiver 35 to 70, 80, 90, hell, 100 even, right? And you can take all those shots. That is the replaceable one. Of, it's the most replaceable position in best ball because you can have 14 average Joes. I mean, you, you could easily have a lot of these guys in here that didn't cost you. Josh Palmer's a best ball darling right now, right? Yeah. I yep. mean, P- Paris Campbell, um, best ball darling. Rondell Moore, if you couldn't move him and you stash him, Darius Slayton, these guys are all way ahead of, you know, Chris Godwin's and Drake London's and other good wide receivers of the world. So it's just uh, a- another reminder of in best ball, I think the elite wide receivers are mattering, right? Like if Cooper Cup had stayed healthy, Tyree Kill, what he's doing, Justin Jefferson, you know, these guys are, are awesome. But like you got to really be careful of which receivers are producing and that have that huge dynasty value versus, you know, if they have that dynasty value, but they're not producing for you in best ball, man, you, you are sitting on dynasty value. That's going to no use. Scott's doing this fantastic series, uh, destination dynasty on Mondays that comes out about roster construction. And I listen to it and it's, it's absolutely fantastic, but I do have to remember there is a vast difference between lineup and best ball and, and you're seeing it right here, Adam, where, where Scott's talking about his roster construction. The optimal way is to have those top 50 producers or dynasty values at the wide receiver position. Adam, you see here, like some of these guys who are in the top 50 don't even fucking matter. Like, I guarantee you there's some of these guys I don't even have on the list. And then conversely, when he's going to running backs, like it's a hero RB or it's, you know, the uh, the hashtag any, any RB on uh, 53. I, I get that for Lina, man, and I'm fully on board with what Scott's doing. You just have to remember when you talk best ball, it is at, it's almost the exact opposite, man. You want the – there's a finite amount of elite running backs that I want to take a shot on because these are the guys who are going to produce. Yes, you will have the occasional Jamal Williams. You will have the occasional – Ramondre. Ramondre, like even even Ramondre is like a ninth round. He's guy. more of like a mid round target, right? You know what I mean. But like these these guys way far out, sure, fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth round that nobody cares about. You will have those occasional guys, but they're not that often, man. Most you're, of these because you're talking this list. year, you're talking this year. You're looking at guys like Deontay Foreman, Khalil yeah. Herbert. Um, th- those are the types, and there's not that many of them when you start really creeping up. Jamal Williams, no. That that's really it as far as the top thirty go. The wide receiver position, man. If I'm looking at if I compare the top fifty of like dynasty values to what the top fifty of actual best ball producers are, very different, man. Because you're you're getting dudes like Paris Campbell in the top fifty. Alan Lazard was definitely outside of that. Um, Darius Slayton is on this fucking list. Darius Slayton, man. Terry Josh Palmer. You just talked about him just a little bit ago. It's like, wow. Yep. Wow. Greg Dorch, yep. <laughs> MVS, Romeo Dubs coming out of nowhere. Uh, a guy that we absolutely love in best ball, consistent producer. I still love this guy. Jacoby Myers, right? 
like he, he just gets up there. He well, just well, let's let's talk about too. Like I think this is where best ball, especially, is so interesting to me. Like um, I'm looking at a guy who's inside the top twenty, and when you think about him being inside the top twenty, that's so wild for the spike in consistency weeks. Because this guy hasn't didn't play football for the first six weeks. We only played eleven weeks of football. Like in best ball, hell, DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> my God. Mike, I, I, I'm not going to drop names, but I've seen this guy go for third-round picks multiple times throughout the year in the offseason. Yikes. He was going well outside the top nine rounds. I mean, he was, you know, he creeped up as the summer went along, but I, I saw him go in the double-digit rounds. A lot of times people were ready to say he's done, he's cooked, he's toast. This is a best ball winner, man. Where you drafted him, where you whatever you paid for him, he is going to help you win a best ball league. Mike, since he's played... His worst finish is a consistency week at 21. He's been top 12, top 12, top 8, and number 2. Like, that's a that's a guy you could have targeted in best ball. If you, once you pick your direction, right, in a startup, you say, all right, you know what, I'm committed? New Hopkins. I'll wait out the six weeks. I'll get dirt cheap production elsewhere. That's absolutely league winning. Yeah, yeah. One last question. For you specifically, I got to do it. Will you see where Chris Olave is at on this list? Do you have a little bit more respect six. for him? Oh, I, I got I got no disrespect for the guy. He's he's okay. six, he's six spike week or six consistency weeks, no spike weeks. Uh, Garrett Wilson, his zero uh, spike weeks, three consistent weeks. Um, so still, still, once again, it's going to be Garrett Wilson for me as wide receiver one in the class. But I fully <laughs> understand it, man. Fully understand it. Oh. Uh. One of our only disagreements that we have, but I love it. We got to ride this one into the dirt. It's love good it, content. Man. I love it. All I'll right, tell you, let's I'll tell you who, the, I'll tell you who uh, Garrett is certainly ahead of for both of us now. It should be Drake London. <laughs> this this should not be a question at this point. True, not at all. No, no. Let's finish it off with the tight end position. And Adam, I wanted to start it off with when I pulled this up, man. I had Zach Ertz on a lot of teams, and I didn't appreciate how good Zach Ertz is. You see how high Zach Ertz is on this list for best ball mm-hmm. and how much of a value he was. What a devastating fucking loss for our tight end position on our contenders if you yeah. lost Zach Ertz. Yeah, pa- patron, absolutely the, brutal. The patron best ball league, right? My first best ball league, the patron best ball league. I traded, I got Zach Ertz from you in a deal. And that was really helping me in that league. Yeah. Start two tight ends. I mean, that is devastating. Devastating to start two tight ends for me. Tight end four. Mark, Mike, Mike, you know who my other tight end in that league is too? Dallas Goddard. Oh, oh no. Yep. There's that. There's oh. a contender right there, buddy. So let's talk tight ends now. Tight ends. I, I wanted to point out how devastating it was for Zach Ertz. I mean, uh, tight end four through 11 weeks, right? Uh, and in one of those week 10, you know, he gets hurt. <laughs> he gets hurt. It misses most of the game. Who knows where he would have finished if he stayed healthy and then just didn't play week 11 for the rest of the season, right? He might even been even a little bit higher on this list because he's at a 6.33. George Kittle is just in front of him, 6.66, and that's coming off of this massive week that he just had on Monday night. But, Zach Ertz, I wanted to point out, man, what a, what an incredible value he was for the tight end position. It just really stinks that we lost. But not here to reflect on the past too much. Let's talk about how we can correct this and what you can buy going forward to help you in the playoffs. And Adam, man, I am really glad 
I have made these moves. I have made these moves losing Zach Ertz. I think I posted back-to-back deals that were exactly the same, and it's me going out and acquiring one Jawan Johnson. Yeah, he he's I, – I actually, I wish I would have aggressively tried to buy him a couple more times. I, he was a guy I had, I had laying around in a lot of best ball teams, and that's probably why I didn't do it more from the portfolio side, but I should have been trying to buy more of him as he's been coming on, man. He he has been incredible. So he's got one spike week, four above average weeks. Uh, he comes in. <laughs> I couldn't believe this, man. It's Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. Guess who's next? Juwan Johnson. That'd be my perfect replacement for both those dead guys, you know? Well, let's go, man. And he doesn't doesn't cost anything at all. Actually, those deals I got done, I'm sending away like Zach Ertz in a fourth to get Juwan Johnson. Gotta love it. You gotta love that, man. Talk man. about a bailout. <laughs> Talk about an absolute bailout. But I do have one more, one more on the list that I think you can get. And this is more for coming on strong here as of late. Um, at the tight end position, it is really gross. Um, and that's gonna be Dalton Schultz. You look at the last three no weeks that he has played, tight end five, tight end three, and then this last week, tight end twenty. But you can see the rapport with Dak Prescott. No question. And I don't think the, the, I mean, this is, this is almost like your one for one Zachard's replacement. Like they almost look the same. Uh, they run the same, <laughs> it's like the same body type. They kind of play the same. So yep. you go out and you get yourself some Dalton Schultz. And I don't think the price is necessarily going to be too detrimental to your team for the playoff push, but that is a no. guy I'm actively targeting. No. If you can't pull off the Jawan Johnson, there's some truther out there or they're paying attention. If they're not paying attention, fleece them, <laughs> fleece them Adam. For for the tight end position for the playoff push to get a guy like Jawan Johnson, what are you willing to give up in a best ball? Like what is your max where you're like, I just want to get this done because I need, I need this tight end production. You're talking, uh, you're talking one, one tight end league or two tight end league, one tight end league, two tight end, man, you pay even more. Well, that's what I'm <laughs> That's why I'm asking. Um, just I'd, your standard I'd send a couple, I'd send a, I'd send a couple yeah. thirds. I'd send, I'd send, you know, maybe a, a, a different tight end back to the guy and a third, something like that. Are, are you willing to pay a second, Mike? I guess is the question that really gets to the point yeah. of is it worth yeah, no it? Question. No question. Really? No question about it. I, I wasn't. I wasn't until tonight, man, until I made this list and I'm going, holy shit, man. I can't believe he is ranked this highly. And, and and this is coming on the – this isn't like he did it early in the season, right? So if I look at some of these tight ends like uh, Tyler Higby, for example, uh, comes in at tight end 15, but most of that production was early in the season. Right, he was doing that earlier in the year when yep. Allen Robinson wasn't a thing. Uh, the offense wasn't that great, but it was a much more competent offense. Right. The offense line wasn't super banged up; he wasn't asked to block as much. Like I don't put as much stock into those guys, especially at the tight end position that did it early in the year. I'm looking for these guys who are coming on late now, and Jawan Johnson's basically done all of this in the last five weeks. So week seven on. Yeah. You know, he had that massive spike week where he's tight end two, uh, then tight end 36. So you're like, okay, it was just a fluke. But then he comes back and he strings off eight, four, and six. Like that is something to pay attention to. It really the tight is. End position. It really is. <laughs> and, and for him overall to be this high, it's, it's also a, a, 
uh, an indictment on the tight end position as a whole, but <laughs> that is a guy that I'm more actively trying to target than, like, say, like the Tyler Higby type or another good one on here, Gerald Everett, right? All his production has been at the beginning of the year, and he hasn't really done fuck all since. So right. Yep. That's not the type of guy I want to buy. So when you ask, like, what's the max you'd pay for Jawan Johnson? I got that second, man. I'm sending it. Bye. Like, give me the tight end because I know it's going to give me an advantage over my league mates because they're going to be struggling. You know, you got some guy who who maybe just lost Kyle Pitts or, you know, they're they're starting Pat Fryermuth and they're thinking they're okay. Like, they got Patty F and some other, like, Will Disley. You know, you know how the best ball tight end lineups go. Where you're like, oh, I'll be fine. I'm getting an advantage week in, week out by starting Jawan Johnson over you and in the playoffs. I'm trying to get every single edge I can to beat you down. Yeah, I mean, that 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 one's tough, man. Um, I, I like what I've seen out of Juwan Johnson because when you get to that second, right now, if it's mine and I have a really good best ball team and I feel really confident about being in the semis or the you know the finals, that yeah, I, I get it. You're just gonna take it. But the the thing with him is. You know, he, he is having a lot of his his points propped up by touchdowns, which, hey, he can keep replicating them. But my only worry is when I start paying a second-round pick, like we're talking, that's a really valuable pick. So it's kind of one of those where you're, you're, just, bet, you're just betting that he's going to continue to be this touchdown machine. And he, he I, I like the way he runs. So this, this is a former wide receiver that's basically got a bulky wide receiver build, right, which is what allows him to be – such a nice weapon for the Saints here. But I think that's where I would probably pause. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but that's like where it's, okay, this is basically top dollar for me. And is my team positioned well enough to where it makes sense to actually forego what that future value could be? I get it. I, I get it. Um, maybe that's a move where you you also bank on like a guy like Foster Moreau farther down the list. There you go. The, the last two weeks, you know, he had a consistent week. He didn't do anything last week. Um, Devontae Adams went nuclear, but six and then 22, uh, 19, 13 the week before. So he does kind of have a little bit of a trend, but like, give me Juwan Johnson and Foster Moreau in a best ball league, and I'll give you my second. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. package one of these other turds in there as well yep. and, and see what you can get. Um, I like that a guy, lot better, too. You know, and and that's another guy that doesn't cost you. Like people aren't going to be thinking like, "Oh man, I'm I'm giving up so much with Foster Moreau." Like, right? They're going to look at it and go, "I'm giving you two ter- turd tight ends that I don't believe in." For exactly. A second total. Th- th- those are now. Listen, I'm not saying I wouldn't pay a late second if I had to, and it made sense on my teams. I just think that I, I like, especially when I have to construct the contending pieces. Like, let me go ahead and get multiple shots. So also, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of de-risking myself too. Like. What if Juwan Johnson A comes back to earth or B gets hurt? Like, I burnt a second round pick, right? Not saying I still wouldn't do that at the right time, but if I can get, like you said, multiple dart throw good tight ends for a cheaper option, I, I'm more inclined to do that a lot of times. And we'd be remiss if we didn't look at the tight end position. We all know it's bad, but to see Kyle Pitts down at tight end 17 and, <laughs> and injured, it's. Oh, my. Oh, my, man. I mean, he's just ahead of guys like Will Disley and Austin Hooper. You know, super mainstays, super great talents at the tight end position. It's it, it, Honestly, <laughs> man, th- th- this has been – he's been one of the very disappointing ones for me. Um, I, have a, I have quite a few of them this year, unfortunately. But he, he's one that just 
I, I, I didn't expect, see, I think a lot of people expected him to like replicate that same production and be like a top three tight end. I, I didn't necessarily expect that, but there was no way after what I saw last year, even with Mariota, that I was expecting him to not be a top five, eight tight end. Like this guy's in lineup, not, you can't trust him. Like to say that you can't trust him in lineup, you can't push the button week in and week out. That's that was one of the that was one of the more unexpected ones for me this year. Honestly, I was very, very bullish on Kyle Pitts at least being reasonably good at the tight end position this year. So, just something to keep in mind too. Um, looking at the list as a whole, uh, just a little fine nugget for you since we're on the tight end position. Uh, really, the only two that matter: Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. And this should tell you how much. Travis Kelsey is. So the scoring is the same across, right? We're just looking at position and where they finished. You get the, it's the same weight. Nothing changes, right? Travis Kelsey got a 19.64. There's only one other player in the league that has a 19.64. And that's Josh Allen. (laughs) The quarterback position, man. (laughs) That should tell you how important, how much Travis Kelsey is hoping you win your best ball leagues too. But he just comes out and dominates every single week. But it's, I would say it's even more so than Josh Allen because here's the thing, right? When you look at replaceable options, like Josh Allen, you got quarterback two and quarterback three are 17.98. Then you got 13.32, right. 12.3. You got yes. several tens. Mike, at tight end right now, you have 19.64 <laughs> Travis Kelsey in the combined score, which means, like, think about this for a second. He's played 10 weeks of football. They've had a bye already. He has nine consistent weeks and eight spike weeks. Yeah. <laughs> He's 19.64. Mark Andrews, most people's tight end one, is half of that, 10.32. After that, Mike, 6.6 with Kittle. Uh, 6.3 with da- uh, Zach Ertz, who's not around anymore. Dallas Goddard at five is not playing. The next tight end after Mark Andrews, George Kittle, is Jawan Johnson. So to understand, not only is it giving you that crazy warp, there's no replaceable options that are anywhere near the breadth of him. No. He, it, he it, it's ridiculous. absolutely ridiculous and fascinating how difference-making Travis Kelsey is. It, it's it's ridiculous. We will have a trade on the trade show that comes out on Saturday, the premiere on our YouTube channel about with Travis Kelsey in it. And it's just this weird dilemma where his production is worth so much more than what you're ever going to get in a trade for him. And just by happenstance, if you have somebody in your league who's a middling contender or on the fringe, at least explore what they want for Travis Kelsey. Like, see if they want to get off of him because of the age. Because if you're a contending team and you can go get Travis Kelsey, that will win you your league. Like, that will win you your league. Lineup, best ball, doesn't fucking matter. Just go get Travis Kelsey if that's possible. A he's, thousand percent. He's ridiculous. I said that on the trade show we just did before this, and it's. I, I think there's a lot of players in Dynasty that get to that point where um, their production will outweigh what they're ever worth in a trade. But I, I, don't, I don't think the warp side of it rings any more discrepancy. Like It doesn't ring more true for any player than Travis Kelsey for what he means to a shallow position, where his production so far in a way is different than what his Dynasty value is, plus it's at the position of tight end. I I don't think I'll ever see a trade go through on the dynasty trade show on any one of these where like, you're like, okay, someone paid what the 19.64 yeah. 
combined score is for Travis Kelsey and Dynasty. You'll never see that. You know, you know, I like to experiment for the people, man. I make some, I make some trades to prove some points. I make some trades just to, to try out different strategies to see what, what it would take to do certain things in leagues. Like I'm not afraid to. I play in thirty plus leagues. I don't even remember how many now. So, if I screw one up, it's not the worst thing. This is where we talk about the benefits of having a portfolio, um, where you can make, you can be a little bit more risky, right? If you only play in two, three leagues or less. I wouldn't do this in every league because <laughs> maybe it's not optimal or suboptimal, but I want to figure it out. I think I want to go out and uh, I think in some of these best ball contenders, if I got some draft picks laying around, I might mess around and see if I can't uh, just pry a Travis Kelsey out of another contender's hand if they have them for something like two firsts. Or two firsts in, in a, you know, like a massive overpay. Yeah. One, I think he's worth it. Two, winning the championship, I could care less about the picks. Like, I'm, we're almost at the point if I built a good contending piece to get Travis Kelsey on a team, on a best ball team. Go, go, go with, Kittle in a first and something, maybe even just yeah, to do like a point. something massive overpay and just see what it would take to actually, you know, every, people go like, oh, he's untradeable. Let me find out. <laughs> well, he, find he's out untradeable because no one ever is going to give you the Godfather offer, basically, right? Yeah. Someone comes, yeah. co- someone comes with the the Brinks truck, and it's like, hey, how untradeable is he? Uh, let's see what let's see what he says. Like, I give you twenty three, twenty four, and twenty five first. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, could yeah. you imagine if one of our patrons came to us and they were like, "Hey, I'm a contender. Uh, somebody just offered me three first for Travis Kelsey, though." Be like, "You're crazy not to take it. Go ahead and do it right now." Adam, I want to see. I want to see if I can actually do it. And, and the crazy part is, he's worth it. Well, that's the <laughs> thing. He's been worth it. Well, and, and see, this is why. Like sometimes when you make predictions based on the information at hand, you you you're not you don't have the whole picture because things change. This offseason, we're worried about. Okay, all the elite tight ends have started to kind of take a step back when they get to his age at thirty two, thirty three, right? And We've looked at that, and then it's like, well, they still have Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill gets traded. <laughs> Th- think about that. Like when Ty- that now, Travis Kelsey has had multiple hundred yard games, a four touchdown game, and a three touchdown game. Yeah, Th- those are those are difference making numbers at receiver. Yeah, he's yeah. even if he starts to slow down as far as his athleticism, he's tied to, in my opinion. We, we can debate all you want about Josh Allen and, you know, uh, Justin Herbert or whoever you think there. I, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best tight, best quarterback in football. And to have that pairing, I think that only helps his ability to hang around and be this, this difference-making man. So, Absolutely incredible, buddy. I hope everybody learned something today uh, with this episode. I know I did. Uh, I made the damn list. I made the spreadsheet, and I've done it before, and – Adam, while I'm making it and I'm getting everything sorted and color-coded and I'm going, holy cow, we need to talk to the people. We need to talk to the Dynasty Degenerates. Listen here, Dynasty Degenerates. We got some important information. I hope you can go out and try to make some of these moves. Trust me when I say I will be doing the exact same. Um, The benefit of doing this on Wednesday night and then having Thanksgiving is I have tomorrow off. I have nothing but time to watch football. And send out all these offers <laughs> before this episode airs on Friday, and all my league mates hear it and go like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm gonna do the same." The downside is, buddy, 
I play in like 17 or 18 leagues with you, and sometimes we're competing. So uh, don't snipe my guys, man. <laughs> I, I wish I could say the same right back to you. You know, stay stay off my guys. All right. <laughs> also, I, I don't want to. Uh, I, I just wanted to say this too, not to get on, not to get on this guy's jock here or anything, but like to give you one last piece here. So I told you Travis Kelsey has eight spike weeks, right? Mark Andrews has four. He's been injured. Like, he's probably the one guy that could keep pace in that, that ballpark. Yeah. Outside of that, so understand George Kittle, Cole Komet, Tyler Conklin, Taysom Hill. That's it. That's end of list of guys that have two, right? So you're talking five, six <laughs> guys that have two spike. He's got quadruple the amount of spike weeks in 11 weeks that the other tight ends that matter. Like, outside of Andrews, it's just – it's absolutely insane how he's destroying the field. Like he is such a league winner and difference maker outside of him getting hurt. Like, if, you know, RIP if that would happen, but if he does not get hurt, he is going to give you the, it's the biggest edge out there. I think right now by far in all positions. So I hope Adam. all, I hope all this did help you, but that it's been eye opening just to see different numbers other than just the points per game on how ridiculous Kelsey is. He's got, he's got three more spike weeks. Then Mark Andrews has consistent weeks. Right, exactly. <laughs> who's the he's number two? Eight, who's number two in consistent weeks? He's got eight spike weeks. Mark Andrews has five consistent weeks total. <laughs> like that's that's the crazy thing. It's just it's fucking crazy, man. It's absolute cheat code. It's, it literally is like video game stuff. You create a player, and it's just like you can't stop him. That's what at, Travis. At this is point, man, if he stays healthy throughout the fantasy playoffs, like every team that wins a championship. More than likely, it's going to be something like 60-70% ownership of fantasy championship teams will have Travis Kelsey, Kelsey. on. Yeah, it, it, it's, he, he will be absolutely one of the highest, if not the highest, um, on teams that roster yeah. for the championship teams. Anyway, uh, there you go, Dynasty Generates. Might as well go see. It's probably not going to get be sold because everyone else is going to be listening to this on Friday too, and they're not going to want to move Kelsey either. But explore it. See what it would cost. If you're a true contender – and you have to overpay, um, that's probably one spot that could actually lock you a title. So if it's possible to pry them from someone's cold, dead hands, do it. Otherwise, man, uh, we talked about all the different positions, um, values, people that are being slept on, people that are overrated. Y- use all this to your advantage. Uh, th- this is the whole idea of 40 Chess in multiple different ways. We try to bring edges to you um, for your dynasty gaming, for your trades, for your thought process, whether you're rebuilding contending. But Utilize all this information, do do with it what you will, and just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. And that's going to do it. We'll see you back here same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.